Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation Point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you this evening? I am doing ever so well. It's been pretty dry here. All of the little froggy mud puddles have dried up, and they've had to 
hunker down in other places. And I'm trying to find a silver lining in that, which is that at least no more mosquitoes are breeding as we are swatting them away with both hands, even mm-hmm. totally armored in yarrow. It's really mosquito-y because it was so rainy earlier. And here's a real silver lining. Our guest for tonight had something unexpected come up at the last moment and can't make it. So, hey, everybody, you get to listen to Susan and Sarah Ellen talk from 9 to 9.30. And who knows if there's someone who really has a pressing question who's still on the line at that time, then maybe we might even go over on that. But that's up. what's up for tonight. You on for that, Sarah Ellen? That sounds so lovely and yummy to me, Susan. We will see how the evening goes. And, yes, callers first. And otherwise, I look forward to having a lovely conversation with you. Right now, Michelle, the apprentice, and I are ooing and aahing over a gift that came in the mail. And I opened it up first thing because it was from Lisa Lavart. I said, ooh. Ooh, I got something from Lisa LaVart, and it's called The Goddess on Earth Oracle. Yes, she has taken the images from the wonderful book, Goddess on Earth, and turned them into cards. Oh, fun. Wow. Yes. Yes, it's a book that always um, comes out in the Sunday morning for the Green Goddess. We start our instruction on goddesses and witches and how they're the same and how they're different on the first Monday that we're together and we watch two of the three movies of the Goddess Trilogy by Donna Reed, The Goddess Remembered and The Burning Times, Goddesses and Witches. And we continue our exploration of those things, a witch as a European word for shaman, as a woman of power, as a woman who looks into the insides of things. And and we continue throughout the week to view things through the lens of goddess on earth, in Lisa LaVart's words, and especially goddess in us with each woman working toward that Saturday night presentation at the goddess pageant of her goddess, the goddess that she's been working with for the week that she's been here. And then Sunday morning, as we're gathering for our high magic ritual, I bring out Lisa LaVart's gorgeous book, Goddess Mm. on Earth. And we Mm. take the time to stand around it in the usually beautiful sunlight, just slowly turning it page by page and so enjoying the visages and the images of uh, the women and the goddesses that are there for us and to see ah yes what we did that's part of a much broader bigger more expansive thing it's not just us here, this small group of us doing this, but it's part of a big, big, globally encompassing 
reawakening of the goddess in women, in every woman, mm-hmm. the goddess on earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. So lovely. How many goddesses? The Levart is usually at, yep, www.goddessonearth.com. How many goddesses are in the deck? Do you know? Does it say? Forty-five. Forty-five. Wow. Wow. Yep. And And an interpretive book. It's quite, quite beautiful. I have not really done anything other than open the package and glance at it and then say, oops, I better call in. It's blog talk time. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I've been following Lisa Lavart's work and supporting her and uh, just in general um, being so thrilled that uh, an artist and a woman of such caliber has focused her lens on the, the reawakening goddess in women everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a marvelous gift to receive. I, I understand why you're so excited to have that. Mm-hmm. 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 What have you been up to this week? Oh, it's been a, a steamy, hot, and stormy week. We are about to get some more storms. Um, been really enjoying meeting people in our community. The last couple of weeks, we've been going to Sunny Sundays, which is an outdoor gathering where you make your own waffles and get together and meet neighbors. So, um, just been really feeling community, feeling grateful for the opportunity to connect with people, um, and the space that I'm living on and caring for and calling home. So, um, been hanging with the goats and just um, enjoying harvesting from our garden. And, yeah, just really enjoying the changeover to fall. And the sounds of the insects have been just really calling to me this year and reminding me how much is going on every day. So that and birds have taken to feeding the birds a lot around because of the relationship I've come to understand about how responsible they are for planting trees. So I've decided rather than do all the digging myself, I'm going to really encourage bird habitat so that the trees can be native to our place and we can get the co-creative energies of... That is you know, a that's brilliant decision. Yay, you. <laughs> Thanks. Excellent. It's so Excellent. You need to be a little more patient when you work with nature. Mm-hmm. But it's so gratifying. Because it you is. can see your desire made manifest. Mm-hmm. Because you're not mm-hmm. desiring something that's other than nature. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, and there's yes, there's just so much that is allowed in the space of that patience. So I'm really enjoying all that comes with that as well. And uh, yeah, so it's been a lovely week here, and just being grateful to be able to give gratitude 
for being here. So yes. <laughs> I got a card from Robin Rose Bennett, and she ends by saying, in general, I am gardening, gathering, drying, making medicine, teaching, writing, and swimming. <laughs> oh yeah sounds very robust i love that that yeah, sounds lovely. like an herbalist summer yes i love it <laughs> love it mm. so do we have any callers with questions yet uh, we have one caller who has already queued in with a question and lots of callers listening and on the line. So I'll remind everyone, um, if you have a question for Susan this evening, please press 1. That way we'll know that your hand is raised and you'll be lined up in the queue. Uh, the first caller is coming in from the 724 area code. From the 724, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. Hi, um, I'm calling in tonight because today I some yard work and adding some sawdust to my trees and a piece of sawdust went into my eye and scratched it. And in the last couple hours, I've been trying to um, flush it out. Um, I've rinsed it with some warm water and I uh, used a little bit of my husband's contact solution. And I don't know if that was a good idea, but I was just trying to flush it to see if anything came out and nothing did um that I could see but it feels uh, I feel it's pretty painful it hurts a lot and um and I've does just it hurt trying... does it hurt especially when you blink yes you have a scratch on your cornea it will heal by itself but it is painful and what is sometimes advised it's totally up to you is to put a patch over the eye so that you stop using it, and especially okay. so that you stop blinking. Because blinking is really what hurts, right? Yeah, a lot. If your eyes just shut, it doesn't hurt so much. No, and um, um, sometimes, well, this has only been the past few hours, like I said, but if I really shut my eyes and breathe, <laughs> then it, like, feels really good. But, that, you know, that's the only thing that's helping. But as soon as you really. open your eye and start blinking, it hurts again. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Corneal scratch. I wore contacts in New York City. I got corneal scratches because there was all kinds of stuff in the air in New York City in the 60s. So, the, again, the easiest thing to do is just put a patch over the eye. Usually it'll heal in a couple of days. Okay. If you want to use something, if you have, like, chickweed growing in your garden or you have dried chickweed that you can rehydrate and use as a compress on it, or even a slice of cucumber, anything soothing and cooling on it with the eyelid shut will make it feel better. But it's going to heal at its own pace. Okay, thank you. I I didn't want to have to... um go to an urgent care center, you know, if I didn't need to. Um, so thank you so much. You are welcome. Be well. Great blessings. Thank you. Bye. All right. 
we have another listener who has pressed one to let us know that they have a question. And I'll remind everyone else listening, if you have a question, please get yourself in the queue. The next listener that has raised their hand is calling from the 570 area code. From the 570, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi. Enjoying today. And you? Good, good. Um, I'm calling in tonight because um, I, I'm having an issue with my sinuses. I had a root canal tooth extracted back in March. And uh, I thought there was blood coming from the sinuses. So you, you, had a blood. Tooth, you had a tooth, probably a molar, which had had a root canal. And it was extracted. Yeah. And that was because the root canal failed because something happened to the tooth. There was a traumatic injury. Yeah, I thought that's where the blood was coming from. So I thought, let me get this tooth pulled. Because I thought there was infection. So I went to an oral surgeon and he pulled the tooth for me. My goodness. Okay. But that isn't where the blood was coming from. I don't so believe so. Is that what now. you're saying? No. Yeah, you don't think I so don't now. believe so. No, no. No, I would get up in the morning and I I'm very congested in the head and I would spit like sometimes it was dried blood, sometimes it was bright red blood, and then some green coming from the sinuses. Mhm. Mhm. So I went to the ER, and they took a uh, CAT scan of the sinus area because I thought maybe the sinus was punctured, which I'm told is quite common in in that uh, surgery, you know. But nothing showed swelling, no bleeding of the sinus, no puncture. The CAT scan has about 200 times more radiation than any other X-ray. Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I'm, I am... I am shocked that they would do a CAT scan for something so non-threatening. Mm. Really, uh, just not for mm-hmm. a loop that it's come oh, well. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that you, you know, got negative results and that um, basically they told you you had a sinus infection, yes? No, they said there's no infection. There's no no infection at all. So That's what, what they're did, saying. Why did they think there was blood? I told them there was blood. And why? What did they think was the cause of that blood? Uh, they said that I should make an appointment with a dentist, and I've been trying to get in with a dentist. That takes. Did they think the blood is coming from your gums? not from your sinuses? Well, I found out two days later that that's where the blood was coming from, a tooth behind the tooth that I've been having an issue with that I had a small cavity filled. The last two teeth on the upper right have a small cavity in between them, and I used to get food stuck up in there. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where the bleeding is coming from now. 
and you had that small cavity filled? Uh, about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You started this conversation by asking about your sinuses. Yeah, I'm very congested, and I feel like there's infection because I'm very dizzy. Um, sometimes uh, when I get up in the morning, uh, there was one morning when I I could barely make it to the bathroom because I was so dizzy. So Dizziness actually comes from some difficulty in the ear, not in the sinuses. I see. Okay. All right. So, can you tell me a little bit about the environment that you sleep in? Uh, Well, I do have air conditioning. and what do you mean by environment? Like, well, that's that certainly helps. Okay. I'm looking for some environmental cues as to what might be causing you to wake up feeling stuffy. Mm-hmm. Air conditioners can dry out the air. The mm-hmm. function of the sinus is to produce mucus. And to produce mucus. That should flow down the back of the nose and down the back of the throat, catching viruses and bacteria and sweeping them into the stomach where the hydrochloric acid in the stomach kills them. And so long as the sinuses are producing sufficient mucus, and that's moving at a rapid enough rate, it's a pretty good system. And it keeps us pretty free of rhinoviruses, which are viruses that like to stick in the rhino, that is the nose, right? Mm-hmm. When we're in dry environments, and this is why colds and flus tend to be more prevalent in the winter, the air gets drier. And that drier air dries out the sinuses and dries out the mucus that the sinuses are producing. So we feel a little clogged up because it's not moving at fast enough rate. And we're more likely to feel like there's a little infection starting, like that little tickle in the back of our throat or that little kind of achiness that we sometimes get. And Mm -hmm. that's because the mucus is not flowing fast enough. So... Are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions at this point? No, I'm not. I ran out of uh, I ran out of the herbs, and I mm-hmm. don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any nettles in my area um, uh, close by. I haven't found any. I just moved, <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it needs to be dried anyhow. To right, make an infusion, right. you can't make an infusion with fresh nettle. Right, right. If I found some, I definitely would have dried them, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. And um, 
most of the herbal suppliers are back in stock with the infusion herbs. Linden, of course, is one of the great healers of the mucus, of the sinuses. And so, you know, even just to get a few ounces of linden and start drinking some linden infusion, all you need is half Mm -hmm. an ounce to a quart of boiling water to make a nice linden infusion. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely to have it warm with honey. Honey mm. is hydrotopic. Honey draws moisture to it and helps thin mm-hmm. the mucus and keep the mucus flowing, which is just what you want. In fact, if you feel like you're really clogged up, you can put some warm water on your face and then just a dab of honey right on the tops of your cheekbones and rub it in so that, you know, you'll have warmed your skin with that warm water, right? And then just rub Mm -hmm. some honey, go right into the sinuses and loosen things up. Okay. Yeah, because I tried some horseradish even. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did that help? No, nothing seems to be helping. (laughs) No, and I'm... I can breathe What did the horseradish do? Well... What did the horseradish... Did you do just horseradish or did you... Or it mixed up with a lot of other things? No, just the horseradish. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. did you experience when you did the horseradish? It was like a horseradish well, relish that you ate? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's a powder. Uh-huh. And I mixed it in some water. Okay. And I just drank it that way. Cause, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And what did you experience when you drank it? Well, in the past, when I do horseradish, my my sinuses usually start to drain, but this time, nothing. Is this the same horseradish powder that you've used in the past, same bottle? No, no. Okay, because it loses, when it's powdered, it loses its effectiveness really fast. Mm, Got it, okay. Which is why I usually suggest, just go to the supermarket and buy some horseradish. Yeah, I last time over I, the, to run the seafood section. Over where? In the seafood section. There's always oh, jars of right. horseradish. Oh yes, yes, yes. Now I know. Oh, like horseradish, right? <laughs> I'm like my cognitive. Like I'm, I'm just not. I'm not thinking clearly or anything. I mean, this is really. I feel so foggy and everything. Like I have my common sense is gone. I can't even think. I'm so clouded in the in the head, you know. It's, totally. I'm very congested. Totally hear mm-hmm. you. And then I would also uh, talk about using yarrow on your toothbrush when you brush your teeth rather than toothpaste. Yarrow tincture is antibacterial. Mm-hmm. So it helps kill bacteria that cause pain and decay in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And the yarrow itself is an anodyne, which means that it helps to eliminate pain. And it's also, yeah, no pain. In, a, it's also in astringent, so it tightens the tissue and stops bleeding. Okay, right, right. Yeah, I actually did make a mouthwash, and it has uh, calendula, um, yarrow, plantain, uh, a little bit of myrrh, and golden seal, I believe. 
and I use that. I hear on you. How has it, it been working? Well, I haven't been. There, there's been no blood coming from that too, so that's it's it's working great. great. Yeah. Great. Yep. See, to my mind, it's like, gosh, you had such a nice thing there, and then you put like that nasty golden seal in. <laughs> really? Like, I wouldn't want to use it because ugh, who wants to leave your mouth tasting like golden seal? I really dislike the taste of golden seal. <coughs> yeah, I'm not crazy about it either, but, you know, I'm the type where if it's going to help. You need it. Yeah. It's no? not going to help. Okay. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Leave it um, out. Get rid okay. of it. Don't use it. I've been an herbalist for 50 years. I've used golden seal once. Wow. Once. Okay. Once. I so dislike golden seal because, you know, I was learning about herbs in the 60s. There was hardly anything written. I went to the main branch of the New York City Library, and they had four books on herbs. I've written more than that now. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, and a lot of what was written was very heroic, this heroic tradition, no pain, no gain, you know, and you got to, like, drive the disease out, and you have to use golden seal. Mm-hmm. And I had a few run-ins with golden seal, and I really just took a dislike to it. Mm. Okay. And I said, I am not using golden seal. That's what everybody was using an anti-infective, and I said, not, not using it, not going there. This plant grows far away from people, and that tells me it doesn't want to be used. This mm. plant grows in small patches, and that tells me that I should use only tiny bits of it. And this plant tastes bitter, which tells me it's a poison, and I should use it only in extremis. Mm, okay. What else and it's can I use? As well, isn't it? well, that you know why? Because of people like you using it. Mm, Cut it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Stop okay. it already. It's not actually right. endangered, but it is threatened. Okay. And it's because it's overused and because people aren't listening to the golden seal, which is saying, stop using me. You never should have been using me in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I went back and looked in older herbals, eclectic herbals, and heroic herbals. There were actually a group of herbalists who called themselves the heroic herbalists. And they were not using golden seal so much because it's pretty much a plant of the forests of the east. And these were people who had already pushed out into the plains. And what they were using was a plant that grows really easily in just about any conditions, but especially droughty conditions and difficult conditions because it's in the Asteraceae family. And the common names that were being used for it during the times when these herbals were written a couple hundred years ago, um, I did not think would pass muster today. And so I asked myself, what should we call this plant that I was going to focus on as an anti-infective and really work with and see, you know, how effective it could be and what the best dosage was, and I was going to get a lot of people to work with it, and I finally decided that the easiest thing to call it would be its botanical name. And its botanical name is Echinacea. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Echinacea growing right now? Um, 
I, I don't know. <laughs> Everywhere. I see it growing by libraries. I see it growing by churches. I see it growing in gardens. Echinacea loves people. It grows in big masses. It likes to be used, and it likes to be used a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I really easy to grow, too. I know. I Present. tried. I did try to grow tried some. You tried Are yeah. you growing golden seal? No. No. Well, then why can't you use echinacea instead of golden seal? If you have to buy the golden seal anyhow, you might as well buy the echinacea. I know, I know. That's I do have saying. a tincture that I made. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Instead of using mm-hmm. golden seal, which mm-hmm. is a threatened plant, grows mm-hmm. far away from people, doesn't want to be used, mm-hmm. use echinacea. Mm-hmm. Even if right now you can't grow it, I'm not saying you have to grow it, I certainly don't take the line that everybody has to grow every herb they use. Thank goodness. I would be really stuck if I had to grow every herb that I use because I make infusion for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And even if I had dozens of apprentices and we worked all day long every day, we could never harvest enough herb to make all the infusion we drink here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and echinacea so, is a great lymphatic herb, isn't it? Echinacea is a great all-around anti-infective Mm-hmm. And basically, anytime there's any kind of infection, I have found mm-hmm. that echinacea tincture made from the fresh root of purpurea or the fresh or dried root of Augustafolia mm-hmm. taken in a large enough dose, which is a drop for every two pounds of body weight or a dropper full for every 50 pounds of body weight. Mm-hmm. and taken frequently enough, which can be anywhere from once in every eight hours to once every hour, depending on the severity of the infection, mm-hmm. is so incredibly effective that I have used it in situations where even doctors thought that antibiotics might not be up to dealing with the infection. Mm-hmm. So I am always thrilled that Echinacea called out to me across the centuries and said, me, me, I'm the one, pick me, make make me be the one that everybody wants to have in their yard. And it's such a beautiful flower. Such a beautiful plant. Not that golden mm-hmm. seal doesn't have a beautiful flower, but it's hidden in mm-hmm. the forest because it doesn't like to be looked at, whereas Echinacea mm-hmm. really is right out front, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I made but a again, beautiful... Um, you know, I'm a simpler. And so what I, right. the re- way, reason I can say that about Echinacea is because I didn't mix it up with a whole bunch of other stuff. And mm-hmm. I know, without a shadow of a doubt, that a mouthwash of yarrow tincture is perfect. Yeah. That you don't need to make a mixture of herbs. You can. Okay. But when you do that... What you lose is a certain ability to stand behind the herb. Right, right. Because we just are never really certain what it is that's doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So is it the yarrow or is it the myrrh? Or is it the calendula? 
when they're mixed together, it's impossible to tell. Mm-hmm. And so if it works, you're stuck using the same mixture the next time. Right. Because you don't really know what worked. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if for some reason you can't get those herbs or the the ability for you to go out and buy those herbs is impacted, it's harder for you to recoup. Mm-hmm. We've just come through a year in which the market on herbal resources was very much impacted by COVID, and people's access to herbs was impacted by that. And I was immensely glad, once again, that for all of these years, I have been encouraging people to stick close to home. Use the Mm -hmm. plants that grow around you. Mm -hmm. Don't get exotics. And if you have to buy an herb, buy one one you could grow as opposed to one you couldn't, like Echinacea rather than Golden Seal. Mm-hmm. So it's those kinds of decisions that we make that help us in times of distress and change. Yeah, I put some seeds of uh, echinacea in, in dirt again, and I'm, I've got some green coming up, so I'm trying Yay! it again. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful yeah. when you see that green popping through that dirt, you know? <laughs> Isn't it the... So, it really is, yeah. I just made a beautiful uh, mullein and garlic and uh, yarrow. <laughs> there I go again with a few different, but I made the uh, ear oil. So if it is an, an ear infection, which I've got no ear pain or... Uh, I, I do have a lot of earwax, so I've always had that issue. But I'm going to try a drop or two of that in the ears when that's ready, and we'll see, you know, if I can maybe tackle the dizziness with that, you know. Right, so you're able to, to get some mullein flowers. Yes, yes, I did find some mullein. Mm-hmm. Some mullein flowers. Yes. Yes. Yes, because our mullein has been attacked by something this year that kept it from flowering. I noticed that, yeah. It, uh, the, the flowers aren't as abundant as, as they were in the past, you know? Yeah, yeah. Something mm-hmm. odd going on there. Not sure what. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Susan, I do have another issue. If there are not many, uh, are there a lot of callers? Or I can, well, let's I can find out. Definitely. Sarah Ellen. Okay. Uh, there are two callers that are on hold in the queue. Well, why don't you and I say goodbye for now, and let me talk uh-huh. to these other two people. And then if there's sure. nobody else in the queue, you can come back in the queue and we'll talk again. That works okay. for you. All right, great. I yes, it does. Sure I thank green you blessings. very much, Susan. Okay, green blessings. Bye-bye. All right, the next caller who has pressed one is calling from the 516 area code. From the 516, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. It's Kimberly. How are you this evening? Hey, Kimberly. It's so good to hear your voice. Hi, honey. 
Hi, honey. Um, Thanks for calling well, now and then keeping me updated on what's going on with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, all I wanted was a swimming pool that I could work out in, and now I'm doing all these home repairs, so it's been quite the journey. Um, new electrical, new roof, uh, drainage for the yard, and still don't have the pool up, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> so that's just a quick update. Um, I have a couple of things that I, you know, last time I we spoke, we talked about celandine, and I was bragging that I had these two celandine plants that I'd managed to keep alive for almost a year now. And, of course, now one of them has just sort of is looking very sick. So I wanted to find out from you. I'm I'm hoping I can save her. I may bring her inside. But I, I remember you started to tell me about an alternative uh, for celandine um, for the warts and, and so on. And I didn't let you finish because I was bragging on my celandine plant. So <laughs> was there an alternative that you were about to give me? Duct tape. Duct tape. Okay. Completely cover it with duct tape and leave it on for as long as you can. Weeks is good. Okay. Got it. That's easy. All right. And, Um, of course, throughout time, people have used plant latexes like dandelion sap and fig sap, things like that, because the wart has to breathe. Right. And when when you put a piece of tape on it or a latex on it, it can't. Uh-huh, got you. Uh-huh, okay. take that. You okay. wart you. And especially <laughs> a plantar, especially plantar wart is susceptible to that. Interesting. Okay, that's excellent information. I appreciate that. Now, mm-hmm. I just, um, I'm still working on my hip, you know, and I had that car accident, and I have mm-hmm. labral tearing in my hip, my right hip. Um, bones are in good shape, not a whole lot of arthritis, um, yet, you know, my labrum is severely torn in a couple of places. So um, I looked at the hip replacement and said, hmm, healthy bone, not really interested in chopping that off and having no blood supply. I'm only 60. They only last 15 years. I don't want another one. Um, I want to see what I can do about healing up this labral tissue, perhaps. So I'm looking into, like, stem cell, platelet-rich plasma, you know, that sort of thing. And, of course, comfrey leaf is my friend. Comfrey, 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 yes. Comfrey leaf infusion is my friend. And so I'm just curious if you have any, um, you know, if you if you know anything about these PRPs and um, – or anything like that, um, or the stem cells, or or anything. I mean, you know, there. I can get this gentleman is happy to stick me with a five and a half inch needle with platelet-rich plasma of my own. You know, they take my blood and then they, you know, um, I don't know what they do to it, but then they put it back into me um, through this nice five and a half inch needle, uh, which I'm sure will be very pleasant. But I'm just curious if you have any uh, experience or wisdom uh, around this topic. 
Well, first of all, I'm not even sure what labrile tissue is. Is that the word you're saying, labrile? Labral, L-A-B-R-A-L, the labrum of the hip socket. It's the, it's the, I believe it's cartilage maybe or a tendon. I don't know. It's what holds the, the hip socket in place. So it's basically Got the it. lining of the hip socket. So the lining um, that's in the pelvis? Right. So where your, um, that big bone of your leg, uh, what is that, your, I don't know, the big one, um, femur attaches to your hip. It is a tough crescent-shaped cartilage structure. Yes. That lines the rim of the hip socket in the pelvic bone. There is right a on. similar structure in the shoulder. Yes. The ball of the femur inserts into the socket in the pelvis where the labrum is. They are both covered with articular cartilage. The labrum is an additional specialized piece of cartilage. And it provides a suction steel seal and stability. And it can be torn by repetitive motions or traumatic injury. Yep. And there's pain and clicking and pain and stiffness and pain and a rehabilitation professional. Um, usually recommend if that doesn't do it, arthroscopy. Small incisions, debride, clean, or remove the injured labrum and reattach it. You'll need crutches for two to six weeks. Recovery, surgically or non-surgically, can take weeks. But this has been going on for over a year, yes? Uh, yes, the car accident was in January of 2019 that caused the um, the the big tears and mm-hmm. um you know it's one of those things where the insurance company is more than happy to pay for my hip replacement um because uh, I went to an orthopedic surgeon we talked about the labral repair which is the other, only other alternative in these situations and what mm-hmm. I was told was that the uh the rehabilitation uh involved with that is actually pretty similar to a hip replacement, and they have a high failure rate, and eventually it leads to hip replacement. So um, that didn't really strike me as an option either. Um, You know, in terms of surgical intervention, it didn't really sound very enticing. So I'm, I'm really just trying to see if I can't kick the can down the road, maybe get another five or seven years out of this hip, you know, um, well, before I, I will I say to... that what I'm reading here 
it says that that procedure is done on an outpatient basis with local anesthesia, and you are discharged immediately, and that usually you are back to norm within six weeks. That's certainly not true of a hip replacement. Yeah, okay. Well, again, I, I don't so know. I would say what... that there's quite I... a big difference. <laughs> it is quite common nowadays for surgeons to push the bigger surgery mm. because it's more cost-effective for them. I got it. So well, I guess my question I'm, would be... I'm not sure at this point how much healing can occur. Okay. The whole thing with stem cells sounds good, but has not worked out at all. And we've been working on it for decades. We thought stem cells could be introduced into the pancreas, and the pancreas would grow new isles of Langerhans and start producing insulin, but that didn't happen. So have you checked out the research on stem cells? I have, it's actually. Very, it's yeah, really disappointing. Yeah, you know, it, it really, um, uh, you know, I've, I've actually been following the stem cell thing for many, many years. And in particular, what they did in it, what they continue to do in Italy, which is they don't do it the same way, of course. And they actually use your own stem cells from your own nasal tract. They don't use, like, you know, whatever. But, yes, um, uh-huh, I, was, uh-huh. I was just kind of curious, uh-huh. you know, what, what um, if, if you had any wisdom about this, because obviously getting stuck with a five-and-a-half-inch needle is never fun, but on the other hand, it's um, a lot more fun. So why, why is the needle five-and-a-half inches long? Because the joint is, the, the hip is a huge joint. It's very deep. So you have to, he has to be able to actually reach the tissue to inject the platelet-rich plasma into that we're trying to regenerate or feed or nourish. Um, That's the whole point of platelet-rich plasma, which is basically using your own plasma to hopefully, you know, regenerate or revitalize tissue. So I don't even know, obviously, you know, insurance... I'm not buying the first statement that you made. Okay. I can put my fingers on the head of my femur and the rim of my pelvis. Can't you? Um, It's right there. And a five and a half inch needle would, if it was put in there, would come right out through my buttock. I'm a much bigger girl than you, Susan. Well, but, uh, so do they just use a five and a half needle inch needle for you and for me? It'd be a three inch needle. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, I do weigh more than you. I know, um, but I'm just asking. You know, it because it has come up over and over and over again in your conversation. This this long needle, 
which oh, actually is, oh, is neither here nor there. It's more the bore of the needle, right? A short, fat needle is probably going to hurt more than a long, skinny needle. Oh, indeed. Yes, absolutely. And, and so I, the length of the needle really has very little bearing on it. So I, I don't know. You know, to me, hmm, um, how much pain are you in? You know, it's and, a lot. Be- it's a lot better now. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot better now. Um, I got a saddle-shaped chair, so that's taken a nice. lot. It's allowed me to open up the hip joint, and it also is yep. adjustable. So I have a, stand, a desk that adjusts. I can stand, you know, frequently, and I can adjust the chair higher, and it opens up the hip joint. It's all good, good, good. Once I get good, good. back in, once I get back into the pool. I mean, the aquatic physical therapy was so transformative when I, you know, when I was doing it, and that's part of the reason that I decided to purchase this, you know, pool that I could work out in, <laughs> but I haven't been able to put it up yet because there have been some other things that had to take, I had to take care of, so. Um, I understand. Yeah, look. So, uh, you know, I think that you're on the right track there. I think that the pain is going to be, Fifty percent less every year. Oh, and I've lost twenty-five pounds, so that helps. All right, yay you! <laughs> I went went back on Atkins. It's working like a charm. Um, All right. Yeah. So that there's that. Um, okay. So I think you know because my my. You know, my wise woman inside just doesn't want to be cut. No, you know? I, no, I. Well, that's why I ask you how much pain you were in because, right. from what I've heard from you, um, the pain is less now than it was right after the injury, and that it is getting less. And I think with the things that you're instating, with losing weight and swimming, and you know other good exercise habits, maybe getting a massage, doing Tai Chi, that those things will all together over a period of a couple of years be as effective as any kind of surgery or any kind of stem cells. Mm. Okay. Right. All right. So, yeah. I uh, All right. And then just one other quickie. I heard your... Um, part of what I think the first caller talking about root canals. Um, I have a, one of my old fillings, my um, lower right molar uh, broke. And so now my, I have half of a tooth with a half of a filling. So I went to the dentist today, lovely woman, um, Trinidadian woman from Brooklyn. Uh, she rocks. And um, anyway, so she's like, look, you know, you got two choices here. You can get a root canal or you can pull it. What do you want to do? And, um, you know, I, I've i had root canals. It's not like I haven't had them. Um, you know, I just, do you have any thoughts? Um, you know, are they, you know, I've heard some, some scary stuff about root canals. Um, in terms of you know trapping infection deep in in deep in the tissue, and I just wondered if you had any any thoughts about root canals versus just getting rid of the tooth. 
Well, we were actually just commenting today about um, how easy it is to take one extraordinary thing and make allow it to make us fearful of the ordinary. So in general, um, there is a risk that if you get in a car and drive somewhere, you will be in an accident and die. And that risk is actually higher than the risk of being harmed by a root canal. Right. But we tend to not talk about that risk, right? Because we've all agreed we have to get in our cars and drive places, so it's just pointless to just talk about how risky it is. So I am not a dentist, and so I don't really know. Uh, But when you say that you have half a tooth and half a filling, is it the top half, the front half, the left half? Literally, if you slice it in half, like um, a muffin from the top, <laughs> it's like that. You can really from the see top the, to the you bottom. Can see the, yeah, you can see the cross section. So half of the tooth is completely gone. Yeah, another little piece of it. Or is half of the tooth is broken itself. off at the root? Correct. It's it's sort of okay. So half of the tooth is not completely gone. The half of the tooth that's above the gum line has broken off at the root. Correct, and there's an old piece of the filling still left from. There was a filling in that tooth. Right. Um, So I am very surprised that the dentist did not offer you a crown. Well, that's they're going to put a post. They have to put a post and a crown. I've had that done before on my upper left, and that bleeding this woman is having, I had that from mine because what happens is, particularly if you're not using yarrow, your gum will separate a little bit from the fake tooth that they put in, and the post obviously is smaller in diameter. So sometimes if I'm eating like chewy meat or something or nuts, something will get stuck up in there, and it'll hurt a little bit, but I have had bleeding like I thought I was coughing up blood one time because I had just gotten something in there that had just poked at it and it I have to take a piece of floss and just go through there and like pull that stuff out um you know which is you know one of the things that you get left with as you know your gums start to shrink I guess as you get older I don't know but anyway um you know so yeah I've had that stuff done and I'm not necessarily fearful of it I just you know I'm again. It's another one of these things. She's like, "Oh yeah, I'll work up the estimate for your out of pocket." I'm like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, it's like over so let me be dollars. clear. She's saying that you could have a root canal and then a post and a crown, or you could have the tooth pulled and a post and a replacement tooth. Uh, we were just talking about getting rid of the tooth. We didn't talk about a replacement tooth, but my guess is that's probably another option, which is even more expensive. <laughs> well, if you just get rid of the tooth, is there a tooth above? Yes. Which has a so tooth. now that 
So now that tooth does not have its mate. Correct. And that starts to uh, derange things in your mouth. So better to get the whatever she says to do, <laughs> whatever it is, the crown. The if you're going to have the tooth pulled, I suggest that you replace it. Got it. Okay. And if you don't want to replace it, then I suggest that you preserve it if it is worthy of being preserved. Now, usually a root canal is done when there is deep infection in the tooth. And this is why people say, oh, it traps infection. It's not that it traps infection. That infection was already there. Mm. And drilling a hole in something doesn't trap things. Right. Okay, I got you. Well, and she did show me on the on the x-ray film, she's like, you can see right here where it's got, you know, some some infection, like, you know, forming, some ab- abscess or something. She showed me on the film. I'm like, it's pretty slight, but... It's still there. Of course, it's only been a couple yep. of weeks, and you know. So, yep. okay, good. I, I think I'm I'm all good there and and comfortable in terms of my course of action, and I think in terms of that, you know, stem cell platelet rich plasma. I think I'm just gonna see how the physical therapy and whatnot works out, and you know, if the insurance company, I, I'm not gonna let my my healthcare decisions be made by the by the insurance companies, right? You know, it just doesn't. You know, um, don't get me started. You know, my wound care doctor asked for insurance to cover my skin grafts, and they said, "Well, we'll we'll cover these skin grafts, but not the ones you ask for." And the ones that they agreed are skin grafts for people who've been burned, or, or a skin graft for someone who's lost their nose. Oh, for goodness' sakes! We had a pretty good laugh at that. I said it's kind of like asking for a piece of fruit and being given a piece of candy. What's that old Sophie Tucker joke about, hey, Doc, <laughs> can, you look up my, can you look up my vagina and tell me if my hat's on straight? I don't know. There was some weird old Sophie Tucker joke. It was, like, totally funny. Like, I can't think of it right now. But, yeah, it's so weird. It's like, oh, I just, I don't get it. And, like, the woman's. Today, you know, oh, we have to do this thing and, you know, take these pictures and that's not covered. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the point of having insurance? You know, it seems kind of silly sometimes. But anyways, all right. my. So that your city skyline has pretty tall buildings. What do you mean? The insurance company buildings. That's the point of the insurance. Oh, indeed. Yes, I. Uh, yeah, we. No, I, you know, I had. I. I met a woman whose child has a very rare disease. Who has to take a drug that's ten thousand dollars a month. Oh my lord. So she said, you know, I could. I simply could not be without insurance. And for her, you know, even if she pays a premium of two thousand dollars a month, it's a big savings. Hmm. So there are certainly people in those situations, or people who don't have the wherewithal or the knowledge that you do to take care of yourself. You know, and I'm grateful every single day, Susan. I actually found a picture of you and me and my mom at Moon Lodge. Um, I'm going to send it to you because it's the best picture, and it just made me smile. 
made me so happy. Oh, yay, yes. <laughs> you know? And it's my uh, wallpaper on my on my MacBook now. Um, but, you know, I'm grateful every single day, you know, that um, – and Olga is too, by the way, who's still kicking around. Um, oh, and by the way, if you know anybody looking for um, a place on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, um, that uh, unit has become available um, there. Um, so she's – She's looking. So if you know anybody, you know, uh, definitely spread the word. <laughs> Would love to have. Okay. Putting the call out to the universe for, for someone that's that would be a good fit. So really yes. cheap. Yes. <laughs> okay. So great. all right, my. Thank you so much because you know it's so true. I, you know, every time I speak to you know people, and I don't do that. I don't get out much um, these days. But you know, it's. You know, the lady who came over and, and gave me the estimate for my roof, you know, her mom, she just found out, her mom just got diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and she's only 61, <sighs> you know, and so I just, I gave her a big hug, and we talked a little bit, and, you know, I gave her your website, and I actually uh, gave her on loan your breast cancer question mark breast health exclamation point book she goes well this is breast cancer i'm like i know i know just just the part where it says massage your breast with oil just ignore that part <laughs> you know, <kind> of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's all pretty much i have had so many people tell me that they have used that book for dealing with this cancer, dealing with that cancer, dealing with the other cancer. And they said, why didn't you just make it a general book? I said, because I was told, and very rightly so, that um, it would be uh, really uh, not worthy of consideration if I said that these things worked for many different kinds of cancers. I need to just focus on one cancer and get the information really clear on that cancer and that people would figure out that some of that information is really quite general enough to use with anything and especially to help you protect yourself um, Uh if you're using chemotherapy or radiation. And, of course, the new book, Abundantly Well, um, also uh, goes into detail about protecting yourself um, if you use chemotherapy or radiation or surgery um, because, as some people have said, you know, it was a decision between the cancer killing me or the cancer treatment killing me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, just bragging on uh, St. Joan's wort oil for just a moment, you know, Olga had 33 radiation treatments, sarcoma, the toughest, you know, tough as they come, um, and she barely had a suntan, while probably half of the women in her group, most of which were breast cancer um, patients, uh, had to stop their treatment because their skin was cracked or bleeding. So, you know, they tell you not to put anything on before your treatment. So we just snuck the oil into the dressing room, <laughs> and she put it on on the down low before and after, and uh, That's you know, right. it, worked, it worked out extraordinarily well. So, I mean, you know, and I share that information with people, you know, and, um, you know, so, you know, that's how, that's how, you know, it is on this great spiral of, of, you know, 
that we live and, and love in. You know, we all take a little piece of something and then we, we share it and, you know, the seeds, you know, the seeds sprout and grow. So thank you, Susan. I really am very grateful. You, you are welcome. And P.S. Good, a good scientific study has found that any kind of oil applied to the skin before radiation does not matter. <laughs> that 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 hoary old advice to not put anything on your skin before the radiation is, shall we say, an old wise tale and has no place in modern medicine. <laughs> Especially not well, when we have such a good ally as hypericum oil. And person indeed. after person has had exactly that same experience of nonetheless, tremendous no. saving of the skin and the interior tissues and um, far less treatment damage without um, disturbing the ability of that radiation to kill the cancer. Mm. Mm. As you say, Indeed. here's Olga. Here's Olga still kicking around. The medical profession gave her a terminal diagnosis, what, 15 years ago? Uh, it was June of 2009. So that's uh, 12, uh, 12 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And that's what I told this woman whose mom just got diagnosed with terminal stage four colon cancer. I said, hey, okay, well, you know what? Doesn't not necessarily lights out for her. It's all about her journey. I don't know what really what's going on with her, but you know, um, we're, all, we're all terminal. We're all going to die. Right, exactly. The, I mean, I'm telling you that your your writing, uh, the walk towards death, is, in my opinion, um, something that every person whether they're you know close or not close or you know young or old or healthy or unhealthy should read because it's such a beautiful um, expression of living for living uh, for the joy of it not uh, you know uh, out of some kind of fear of dying you know and I just think it's the most beautiful piece of writing one of the most beautiful pieces of writing uh, that you've thank done. you. So thank you for that. So much. Mm. All right. So I've been I've Bye, been getting on. So kisses, kisses, hug. Okay. Love you. Mm. Green blessings. Love you. All right. Our two callers that have pressed one to raise their hand with a question. The next caller is coming from the five four one area code. From the five four one, you are live with Susan. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi, Susan. This is Laura. I'm one of your correspondence students. I've been around for a while. Um, I, spiraling around this experience with my mom in this last week, and I just wanted to have some perspective on my ego and my <laughs> – and just, you know, kind of worldly matters, but um, – I grew up with a grandpa who was a doctor, and he gave me flu shots every, you know, like twice a year. My mom was really into getting two flu shots a year because she swore that that was just, you know, her, it was, it was, it kept her healthy. And so now I'm an adult and I raise my kids and I'm not, um, I'm not against 
kind of the bigger uh, vaccines, but I don't really like flu vaccinations. And, um, and so last year when COVID happened, I, you know, I watched your course about all of the different herbs and I have them all in hand and um, I eat really well and drink herbal infusions and, you know, I'm really, and I, I follow a lot of Sally Fallon's kind of ideas, but, you know, I, um, I just want to kind of get your perspective on the COVID vaccine and how it is, if it's Go unique. Go get the COVID vaccine now. Okay. Do okay. not delay. Do not palaver. Go and get vaccinated. And what about, like, my, I, like my nine-year-old can't, but I have a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old. And I'm, what do you, how do you, what, where are you at? Everyone, everyone benefits from a COVID vaccine. Okay. Thanks. I, I haven't really had a chance to hear your podcast this summer and it's, and it's kind of been this summer that I feel like they've been more available. And so I'm just, I really haven't heard you talk about it. And I like most, I you most places you can go to Walmart and get a shot, your shots at Walmart, okay. and there's usually no wait. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I also have another, oh, I have another question. Did you want to say okay. something else about that? Okay. Um, I have a lot of purslane, and do you ever, I, I pickled some just to eat pickles, but do you ever just make purslane vinegar? Yeah, but it's not especially tasty. Um, <laughs> pers- I, I make, I put purslane in gazpacho, or I Ooh. make a, a purslane um, tomato salad. And my daughter used to really like sautéing purslane in butter and then putting a beaten egg over it and having a purslane omelet. Mm. Do you with the with the gazpacho? You just marinate it for a while in oil so that it cooks yes. it, essentially? Okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. How long, how long do I you usually marinate it? I usually for? make something like that the evening before and then serve it the next afternoon or evening. So it's m- marinated for at least 14 hours. Okay. But in the refrigerator? Longer. Yeah, or, in the refrigerator, absolutely. Okay. Kind of like watermelon soup. <laughs> just like the watermelon <laughs> soup, you got it. Okay, great. <laughs> Everybody's her favorite. Um, and then do you, if, I, I mean, I have so much personally, and my mother-in-law has just, the, her whole garden is full of it. And, um, and oh, she, I am so envious. I, I know. I, I was so excited, too. I like Because where I'm at, it's actually really dry, and so you see a little personally in the cracks and stuff, but it's not very plump. But she has, her garden is just going off. And, and she's, she lives out kind of in this country space where the the neighbors really don't like weeds and so she's she's pretty open to the weeds but she's like can you just clear these couple of walkways and so I just took a lot of it <laughs> and um that, so you know have, it will stay it will stay good in your refrigerator um yeah. to put in in your salads and so on for at least two weeks 
Okay, I have a lot of it in my refrigerator, and then I was also wondering if I can't use it all. I mean, I'm trying to also pass it on to people who want it because I have a lot. Yes. But if I – do you ever – I've heard you talk about cooking um, greens before and then and then just freezing them. Is there – have you done that with purslane? Is there, like, you a way you like to do it? You can certainly try it. There are some textural problems. <laughs> okay. I wondered about that. That's why I thought I'd ask your your expertise. Okay, then maybe I'll just try to pass it on as much as I can. <laughs> because That's I have, good. I and, you know, and you might want to even throw, you know, some bits of it here and there on the ground so that it seeds around you, and perhaps next year you'll have some too. It's an annual. Yes, I did that. I actually, we, my Perfect. sweetheart and I were, yeah, we've been – We've been really weeding our, our our whole area this year. We're like, oh, let's throw some in there and get that going. Weeding by throwing weed seeds out, you mean. <laughs> Not weeding yeah. by taking them out. I love it. Yeah, right. We've been weeding as in, like, seeding the, weed, the weeds. We Yeah, we have a whole garden of nettle and, um, and you know, all the – I we always call ourselves nettle farmers, even though we just have a really tiny space. But it, there's – I've had – I've already had, I think – Four harvests of nettle this year, and um, we just the last. I know it made me so happy. (laughs) And people come in, and there's always these lines of you know hanging nettles, and I, I it makes me feel exceptionally witchy. So, um, (laughs) oh, and yes, yes. You, I also wanted to ask a question. Um, My son, who's nine, uh, he's been. It's been so dry. I'm in Oregon, and um, it's just obvious. You know, we're in a drought, and so it's it's pretty dry outside. And it seems like what I've observed is that when it's really dry, and and we we have like the touch of smoke that comes in, we kind of have smoke coming in in and out depending on where the wind's blowing. But um, those nights, he'll wake up every once in a while with bloody noses in the morning. Pretty, you know, sometimes they're they they last for a little while, and um, so I was giving him a little shepherd's purse, but I didn't know if that was more uterine bleeding. And then I tried a little yarrow last time. Like I just put a couple dropsfuls of the tincture in water, and then sort of squirted it in his mouth while he's, um, you know, sitting there. Yeah, yeah, it's called sneezewort because it's specific against nasal bleeding. Okay, so. So would you say that's a good way to do and it? And you can put it, you can put a drop or two right in his nose. Okay, of the tincture. It's the alcohol won't bother it? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry? Okay. I, somehow I was afraid that the alcohol would be like a little intense, but I guess that's kind of like putting it on a wound, huh? <laughs> I just it know will be a little intense, but only a little. Okay. So just put it right in the nose that's bleeding? Yeah, it's not going to be like terminally intense. It's going to be, ooh, okay. wow, ooh, 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 and then the bleeding okay. will stop. Great. I'm always so anxious yeah. when he has – I'm the mom, the, the kid's bleeding, and, and so I, I'm like, you know, you just don't even know what to do. You just sit there and go, <laughs> I'm just going to be calm. Yeah, you, so pinch, he you pinch the bridge yeah. of the nose, you right. throw the head yeah. back, and you get some ice, and you put some ice on it, and then you get the okay. yarrow, and you put a little yarrow in his nose, and it's all over. Okay. And I've been trying. He, it's been better. We've been. I've been giving him a lot of Linden and um, Comfrey and just more 
hydrating mucilogenic drinks. I think he just gets dehydrated too. He I, he's my third kid, and so it's, he's not always paying attention to whether he's drinking or not. So I've been trying to just get him a water bottle next to him more, and that seems to help. But but for the acute situation, that's helpful. I will do that next time, or maybe there won't be a next time. Um, or maybe there won't be a next time. How wonderful! All right. <laughs> Thanks for your questions. Green blessings. Good night. Bye-bye. All right. And the next caller with their hand raised is calling from the 908 area code. From the 908, you are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. It's Carol Raffius from New Jersey. Hi, Carol. Hi, Susan. Great to hear your voice and your wisdom. Oh, yes. So I've been having trouble with that blog talk radio phone number uh, or the phone number that I have for you. Um, the nine, wait a minute, let me tell you what it is. Uh, anyway, the nine, six, four, six, the nine, two, nine, two, four, six, three. Many times when I dial it and it happened last week too, it says not available or uh, it's not working or something. And so I pursue and I wait a while, and I call back again, and, and then it goes through. I don't know why that – do you know why that is? I do not. It is okay. all a mystery to me. Yeah. And then somehow I go on, like, Google, and I find it in a different way after a lot of searching, but then I can't press one to make – you know, to call, to talk. So whatever. Well, I think I've figured it out. Well, I'm glad you got through – I'm glad you got through tonight. Hooray. Yeah, hooray, because I, I, I pursued it. I kept going back to it. I didn't just, anyway, give up. So um, I was reading in your uh, wise woman way about um, acne, and it, one thing that you recommend is the burdock seed um, theme. That seems pretty pretty nice. Um, is that your favorite um, remedy for acne? Actually, my favorite remedy for anyone bothered by acne is vodka tincture of flowering tops of yarrow sprayed on the area where there's acne and left to dry. Wow. Vodka tincture of flowering yarrow sprayed on the and let it dry. And, left, and just left to dry. Now, that's an ordinary yarrow tincture, the way we make it, right? You yeah, yeah. can buy yarrow tincture, um, and it's usually made in high-proof alcohol, and that can be a little hard on the skin. The vodka is really nice on the skin and kind to the skin. Oh, wow. That's why yeah. I specified vodka tincture. Nice. Is that written in in one of the books, or is it um, on your one of your courses? I haven't or? actually written about Euro in oh, in, okay. in in depth okay. in any of my books, but um, you know tonight has really been a Euro night, and yeah. so just a reminder that um, Euro is really one of the great great remedies, and oh, yeah. it has. Such wonderful 
properties, the ability to get rid of infection, the ability to counter mm. pain, the ability to stop bleeding, the in- ability to hasten wound healing. Mm, yes. Yes. Or as Madame Yero says, she runs a school of self-defense. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, okay, I know. Um, yeah, we're getting to the to the end. I think um, I'm grinding my teeth at night because um, on a back molar, I, I think I mm, hurt one of the the porcelain on the crowns. I, I scraped it off a little bit. Um, any advice on that um, uh, grinding? A dropper yeah. full of hypericum tincture before you go to sleep. Yeah, hypericum. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and, good. Yeah, and just, tell yourself, yeah. um, just kind of seed um, the idea in your mind that should you be in any way aware that you're grinding your teeth, that you want to stop that. Okay. Oh, that's give yourself wonderful. that suggestion. And yeah. it's, right. you know, our, our brain um, wants to be helpful. Okay. So if it notices that you're grinding your teeth, it will cause you to stop. Yes, yes. So, well... Yeah. That doesn't mean it will notice every time or that you'll totally stop, but at least it will be less. And I find the hypericum tincture pretty useful because it relaxes the nerves and especially the nerves to those tense muscles in the jaw that grind away. We certainly do live those grinding times. (laughs) Yes. Um, um, And that's St. Jones, is Hypericum St. Jones as well? Hypericum is St. Jones, yes. Hypericum perforata. Yes, perfect. Perfect. Okay. And would you ever consider doing any sort of um, cooking workshop? Because you have so many fabulous um, cooking, <laughs> I, would you like, your, like Susan's Top Ten or something like that. Well, um, the weekend after next, we're doing a holy ferment workshop. And we do a lot of cooking. Oh, holy ferment! The weekend after next, and and you see that weekend on after your next. website. Yep. What's that? On the internet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. On your website. And we'll be we'll be doing lacto ferment, and we'll be um, possibly doing a wine. We might be. Um, uh, we'll make. Um, some uh, dairy, fermented dairy products. Somebody asked about if we can make some sourdough bread. So there will be lots of different cooking projects on that day. It's a very hands-on workshop. A lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Yeah, and and you're amazing, Susan, in in your recovery and your your strength and your wisdom and your perseverance through all that um, you've gone through. And I just I just thank you, and I know millions of us out here thank you for all that you're doing to just help us through these times. And thank you. Thank you, Susan. Love you so much. I love you, love. Thank you, Carol. Amen. Bless you. Hugs and kisses. Read blessings. Bye-bye. Yes. 
Thank God for you, goddess. Goddess. <laughs> yeah, I corrected. <laughs> you did, you did. <laughs> I was pretty fast. <laughs> Thank goddess for Susan. She's smiling. All right. And um, we do have the caller from the 570 who had another question from earlier in the show is still on the line with her hand raised. And uh, other than that, we do not have any other callers in the queue. All right. So let's see what her other question is. All right. From the 570, you are live with Susan. Hello again, ladies. Um, Hi, thanks thank for hanging Susan. out. I'm back. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I was listening to the woman talking about the uh, her dental issues too. So, um, yeah. Susan, yes. Yes. My question is, um, I I've been the issue seems to be improving. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, but I would go to bed at night. And I would lie on my right side, and my heart would just start thumping like crazy and like irregular. And then I would, it, it almost feels like a hollow in between my breastbone, and something was affecting my breathing. I don't know if that was connected, but when I would lie back on my back and straighten out, it seemed to correct itself. I don't know if my taking a deep breath helped or I don't know what it was, but um, I started, uh, I, I make a magnesium spray and uh, I started using magnesium. And I also made a uh, tincture, another Hawthorne tincture, and I put some motherwort in it and a rose petal. I know you're not one for mixing the herbs, but uh, I was pretty frantic, and I was like, what is going on? So do you have any idea what that could have been? Well, again, the more frantic I am, the more I want single herbs. Yeah, yeah. Because then if I say, oh, I'm um, very upset about this, then I can take more motherwort. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I say, well, today's a day when I'm not really upset, um, I really want to strengthen my heart, then I can take more Hawthorne. Okay. Because I'm different from day to day, and if I mix my herbs, I am stuck taking the same thing every day. And mm-hmm. motherwort can work pretty fast, and it usually is effective in small doses, whereas the Hawthorne works very slowly and usually needs to be used in very large doses. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't, although they are both cardiac tonics, I don't see them as being happy together in a tincture. Okay. It's kind of like putting um, a a teenager um, into a clunky old car with an old person driving. Beat up, um, Granny. <laughs> granny says, well, slow and steady. We'll just get there. You know, it's okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, and uh, again, you know, it's the, to me, it's very delightful that the herbs have these different personalities and can really um, 
work so well individually. So how old are you? I'm going to be 56 in November. Mm-hmm. And your last period was when? Oh, boy. I'm going to say six years ago, maybe. No, mm-hmm. no longer. Longer, actually. I don't, I don't even know when, but it was probably and this is, 10 years ago. And this is, does this happen with your heart every time you lay in your right side? Um, like if you was. lay in your right right now when you're not going to sleep, would it happen? Um, it depends. It not. It wasn't. It, lately, it has not happened. I have to say. Or if it does, Good. it'll flutter just that's ever just, so that's just what I wanted. slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Um, yeah. That's my take on it. Is that it's it just kind of passing through and not um, some serious wake-up call that something terrible is happening. Right. Right, because I, I do know I've been under a lot of stress lately, and I thought, well, I better stay on the Hawthorne, you know, and I do think that's a great idea, too. And rather than uh, mixing the herbs, um, I, I really think that... In the tincture, make your simple tinctures, and then if you want to yeah. take both Hawthorne and Motherwort on the same day, there's something, certainly nothing against that. Right, right. Yeah, because I studied under uh, Sage Apopham. I took his uh, Vitalist Herbalism course. I, I forget the name of mm-hmm. it, but um, uh-huh. I, re- I really like, you know, I liked his formulas and his strategies and everything, you know. So I started playing around with, you know, mixing, because mm-hmm. uh, I do like the idea of the uh, rose with the hawthorn um, because of, you know, rose is really uh, good for, like, um, heartbreak and you know but uh yeah and and uh the the breathing issue i mean there there was also like a, a breathing issue going on where i couldn't take that full deep breath and i would notice like i'm one where every now and again i'll turn the music up and i'll start dancing in my kitchen and um a few years back I remember getting winded from just dancing in my kitchen, and I'm like, I quit smoking about 20 years ago, and I said, what, what's going on here, you know? So it kind of scared me, you know, and then it progressed, uh, and I was having a hard time breathing, actually, and it felt like there was almost, it, it felt raw, I have to say. And then listening to Seja, I... Uh, copied a lung recipe from, uh, he said it was from Cheryl Tilgener, and I was so desperate that I copied that formula, and it, it seemed to help my breathing issue, and that raw feeling went away. And uh, cause like I'm when not I, saying that combinations of herbs don't work. In fact, everything works. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, works. Yes, it works. How wonderful that it works. Mm-hmm. What I'm interested in is medicinal security. Yes, understood. Mm-hmm. And when we're working with combinations of herbs, we don't have security. We don't have the security 
of being able to say, this herb does that. Right. So, uh, you know, again, what you said was that you were so desperate that you Mm -hmm. used this formula. But I don't Mm -hmm. understand why desperation um, equals a formula. I was so desperate that I made mullein infusion and drank it every day for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Would seem to me to also be a response to desperation. Mm-hmm. It, is it perhaps something to do with the ego of the herbalist that they're going to create the best lung formula that will work for the mm-hmm. most people? I prefer to allow us to be individuals and to believe that there is no perfect formula, Mm -hmm. but that there are a great many herbs that offer us help with our lungs and that as individuals living in different places, we will look around and feel around, experience around, and see what things are there for us. And to me, that's also an appropriate response to desperation. I was so desperate that I decided to see what lung herbs were growing around me and what wanted to be used. Mm-hmm. I hear you telling me to have more confidence in my selection. That, yeah, that... Mm-hmm. Somehow you have gotten convinced by people that you need to have a lot of knowledge of a lot of plants in order to be an herbalist and to make effective remedies. And what I'm telling you is that tens of thousands of my students find that using single, simple herbal remedies is highly effective. Right. Or, as I say, put 30 plants in your salad, but only one in your tincture bottle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to focus more on the single, you know, because I I think uh, I like like the idea of um, uh, relating to the plant that I'm using, you know what I mean? Not just using it because, you know, um, yeah, I, I was, I was pretty desperate, though, because I was having a hard time breathing, and I, I thought I was losing my mind. But uh, <laughs> I, I will hear you. Well, I'm glad, more, you were, so, um, glad you were not yeah. losing your mind. <laughs> I'm glad that it worked, and hooray for herbs that work. Hooray, hooray that herbs mm-hmm. are here for us. How marvelous it is. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, what's growing around you? What's calling out to you? What's there? for you and sometimes it's not even necessarily that it's growing right where you are you know Mm -hmm. I look at my little shelf of remedies and I say hmm am I going to take this hawthorn berry tincture that was made for me by this student in this place or am I going to take this hawthorn tincture which has the leaves and the flowers and the berries in it made by eagle song or am I going to take This Hawthorne tincture, which is a Hawthorne tincture that I made, you know, so many wonderful choices, Mm -hmm. even of just 
simple herbs, right? Mm-hmm. So that by working with the simple herb, not only um, do I have more faith in myself and more faith in the plant, but I can also then start to really um, understand and benefit from subtle differences. Right, right. I like the idea of developing a relationship, too, with, you know, the individual plant that, you know, that you're working with, so... Yeah. All right. Okay. What, well, thank you very what much. What treasures Susan. await you? Green blessings. Thanks for your question. Oh, good night. Okay. All right. Good night. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. We have about 19 minutes left, and we did have another caller. We do have another caller that has raised their hand with a question. Um, would you like to take the question? Sure. All right, from the 662, you are live with Susan from the 662. Hi, Susan. This is Stephanie. How are you? Hi, Stephanie. Enjoying today. And you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, Thank you for taking my call. I want to tell you, like, short and quick, but I used to read your articles in Sage Woman magazine many, many years ago. And I've gone through here the last few years, I've gone through a lot of changes in my life. And I happened upon your name, and I thought, I'm going to read more. And I'm so glad that I have because I've learned so much, not just about herbs and about taking care of myself, which is something that I'm working on, kind of part of why I called, but how to get in touch with myself and get my feet back on the ground. Uh, so I, I, I thank you. Because you're you're going to be my partner on my journey, I think. <laughs> but um, oh, thank my, you, thank you. I feel honored. <laughs> that that's very humbling to hear from you. <laughs> I, my my question is, I'm I'm 52. I've gone through, I, you know, I've done the menopause for about three years and full on, you know. Um, I'm a thin woman naturally. You know, I'm short. I'm petite. I come by that honestly. I have a hard time with the weight and keeping it on, you know, and after, you know, I've had a lot of changes. And like I said, you know, the, been through a divorce. I've moved. I've got a new relationship. You know, my two dogs and a cat died within a year of each other. There are things that have happened that have, I'm not going to say broken me, but things that have tested me and my resolve. And I know it has, you know, anxiety, stress. I know it has affected my health. I'm not vegan. <laughs> you know, I don't like a raw salad for, you know, love or money. You won't get me to eat it. Um, I think I eat relatively well. I just, I'm not always hungry, and I think it's the stress. But I want to, I don't know how to get it to stay on. Am I, you know, I've lost a lot of hair. I know that's menopause and stress. How do you feel about the genetic? How do you feel about chocolate and malts? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Okay. Well, Rx, you need to drink a malt at least three times a week. Hey, I'm down for that and chocolate. That works. All right. Okay, now, how do you feel about a beer occasionally? Well, I don't necessarily drink. I don't have a problem with it. Well, I don't either. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think I don't like it. He doesn't drink. But I do know that beer increases your appetite and helps you keep weight on. 
I might need a beer. <laughs> It'd probably help with some of the stress. Right? And it's not like you have to drink the whole beer. Even a couple of ounces of it would okay. probably be enough. And there's so many, so many fun and exciting um, beers, you know. You can get raspberry beer and just all kinds of silly stuff now. Okay. It doesn't have to be, you know, like Hapster Miller. <laughs> right, it doesn't I'm have to take I I totally <laughs> water, right? It can be fun. I mean, like, what I like is if I'm going to use beer medicinally, for me, the most medicinal beer is Guinness Stout. I love a Guinness. I do. That's, I'm, I'm pretty much a straight ticket about things like that. I don't, I don't want the fruity. I don't want the fancy. Guinness Stout is, I, 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 like I said, I haven't had one in a very long time. I might need to get one every now and then. Yes. I, I, yes. I, I, Again, I, I, what you're going to do is had increase the, your appetite. And so you have, you know, just a little bit of beer before your meal or during your meal. Okay. Because I I, I find I'm I'm hungry all the time. I want to eat, but nothing appeals to me. I think, like I said, stress, menopause, it's kind of things I used to like, I don't like now. They don't taste the same. They don't taste good. I've, I've recently gotten, in the last three weeks, I've started with this. Three of your the herbal infusions, the red clover, the oat straw, and the nettle. Nettle was the one I did not like at first. Now it's like a good old pair of blue jeans. I want it. <laughs> I want it all the time. And I've, I've got on my list to get the other, you know, get your other two and start doing something to get me to feeling better. That is a really... That's a really great thing to do. I really encourage that. Because it's not, I, I'm not unhealthy looking, but I know I, I know I can do better than I do. And it's hard sometimes. Well, isn't it wonderful that we can all be perfect and still be more perfect? <laughs> Far cry from perfect, but I tried it. At least better than where I was. But yesterday. we don't have to. We don't, don't have to um, have. We don't have to start from perfect to be perfect. How, however, we are right now is perfect because it is how, and that still allows us to be even better. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm trying to find my feet, and I know with me it starts with it starts with food. I gotta yeah. take care of myself. <laughs> Well, they turned they turned me out of the hospital at 119 pounds, and um, by getting up in the middle of the night to have an extra meal, and by drinking chocolate malts, and by um, really asking myself, um, what could I eat a little bit of that would be good for me and fairly rich um, so that I found that it was helpful for me to always have some rich cheeses and nice crackers and some grapes on hand. 
and that, that if I was feeling like I wanted to eat something but I didn't quite know what, that a handful of crackers, a little bit of cheese, and a few grapes would give me something to eat that would help me. And in fact, um, I weigh 145 now. Oh, geez. You, you weigh 20 more pounds. So I, can't, I gained almost 30 pounds of, of functional muscle. Okay. And it required my eating more frequently because, like you, I wasn't um, up for having huge meals. And actually, for weight gain, it's not really recommended. Your body doesn't make really good use of that much food at once. Because I, I, I do try on occasions to eat more because I know I'm not eating enough, you know, because right. volume-wise. But, I'm, gosh, yes. I feel miserable, and there's no point in that. Right. But, if, you know, but eating um, another meal or two, I think will take care of that, that you don't have to eat a huge amount at any one time. I, I'm, 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 I'm figuring out that just by talking to you that I, I, A, I'm not crazy, I'm not silly, I'm not obsessed about my weight or gaining weight or what, I just want to feel good in my body and I know I've got to get a different relationship with food and it's not my enemy, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it is. And that's No, food is not your enemy at all, it's your friend, it's just so right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, uh, I, I yes. feel like, right, and and, I, and the the infusions, um, I, I'm going to be diligent about that because I do think that's nutrition. It may not be calories, but it's nutrition. It's got it certainly and is, and, and that can't hurt. That's me. A, <laughs> that won't hurt you, and it will help you have a better appetite. That's the, that's the thing because I got I, I want I want to be. I want to have energy, and it's, and I don't have it. And I know it just comes down to buckling down and paying attention to what I'm doing. But, and you keep drinking that and, nettle, and you'll soon find yourself loaded with energy. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm, gain, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for that. I'm not hoping for it. It's going to happen. You're going to get it. I'm going to say. Hey, it is. <laughs> I, you have no idea in my heart how much lighter I feel. Just having somebody validate, yeah. That you, somebody that is respected and somebody that I, I, I've listened to like umpteen broadcast here in the last month or so and I've enlightened. I've learned more about my health and how to cope with a lot of things that I don't know how to put in their place. I got a lot of things I need to put in their place and so I can move on and maybe that's sort of why I'm not losing or not gaining weight because I haven't moved on with some some things that I'm dealing with. I'm kind of resisting, I think. But, we all do. Yeah. And how exquisite that you can see it. That's the first step to that movement that you want occurring. Yeah. I think yeah. so. I have one... If you got like a half a minute for something really short and funny, I'm sitting outside in my yard. I like to plant flowers. And there's 
a dragonfly outside. Love my flowers. Dragonfly outside landed on my hand. It landed on my engagement ring, no less. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's something. I'm like, oh, and I was feeling kind of down that day. And I was like, gee, you know, I'm trying to talk to it. You know, I was just feeling this mood to think I was a kook. But, um, well, you know, I hope I, am I doing the right thing in my life? Am I on the right path? I'm kind of in that mode that morning. And, and it's shaking its head, just kind of random all over the place. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, okay, you're not going to answer me anyway. But, um, and I looked at it. I'm like, oh, well, I just don't know where I'm going. And then I stopped, and I've got a quirky little sense of humor. I looked at it, and I said, you know, you're telling me not to ask you, excuse my French stupid shit, right? It opened its mouth the way a frog or a lizard does that thing with its throat. Opened its mouth, looked at me kind of funny, shook its head up and down, and it flew off. I figured that was my message, to quit worrying about stuff. I don't need to worry about Message from the dragonfly, don't worry. <laughs> it was a very strange thing, you know, because it made a motion I've never seen before. And I was like, okay, and I've never had one land on me. So I thought it was kind of important. I always say that if you give nature an hour, she will show you that you are her favorite child. That is most beautiful thing I think I've heard today. <laughs> I want to let you go because I know you've got other things to talk about and other people maybe to talk to, but I thank you from the bottom of my heart thank for everything you. that you've offered to so many people because it's a help you. to all of us. Thank you so much for your call mm-hmm. and your heart. And keep putting one foot in front of the other. Even the worst parts of our lives, when they're in the past, make good stories. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. You have all have a good night. night. You green blessings to you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. And it looks like that does it for all of the callers that um had a hand raised in the queue. And we have about okay. just over so, five and a half minutes. So I've been I have been talking off and on about the fact that um uh, one of the things that I've been doing is signing up for all of these free um, health conferences that are happening online and um, freely admitting that I'm not going to them, but I'm signing up for them. And I'm signing up for them because it keeps a constant stream of stuff coming into my email inbox. Why would Susan want more email? Is the woman crazy? It's because I want to see what's being pushed. I want to see really, very specifically, what people are being told to be afraid of. Because there's always some new fear on the block, some new kid on the block to be frightened of. And it seems um, from what's in my inbox that the two biggest things to be frightened of right now are gluten and G5s. So I read a few of the things, and they were really full of tremendous scare tactics. Um, For instance, the use of the word radiation, the G5 radiation. And I thought, that's an odd word because they know that there's no radioactivity or nothing that would cause that. 
And so, of course, if you look in the dictionary and you look up the word radiation, radiation means very simply to expand from a center. So there is radiation coming from a wood stove, right? Because the heat comes from a center and expands out. And you would say of someone with a charismatic personality that that um, there is radiation. So these are actual fine uses of the word radiation. Uh, but when it's coupled with something like G5, it makes us frightened because we think of radioactivity. We don't think of the more shall I call it, normal use of the word radiation. In fact, the difficulty with G5 for the people who are putting it out is that the waves are very short. And that me and they are very non penetrative. Whereas the carrier waves that are being used now for cell phones are longer waves and can penetrate more easily, um, which should make the G5 system actually safer because of the shorter waves, which are less penetrating. What does fear do? Fear, especially anxious fear, about something that we don't feel we have any control over. And, well, you certainly don't have any control over whether or not there's going to be a G5 system, do you? But when we start to panic about something like that, what I ask myself is, well, if I don't have any control over this, does anybody have any control over it? And the answer to that question is, oh, my goodness. There are so many people and organizations with oversight over these networks and making sure that um, they are not interfering with human health. And we can't just point a finger and say, oh, well, you know, that's this or that's that, and they're, you know, in cahoots, because really there are so many different people who had a say and who had oversight that they would just simply never all agree on anything other than, and it's the word of the year, isn't it, the truth. And if there's a personal pronoun in front of the word truth, then it isn't truth. Because the truth can't be a personal truth. The speed of light is truth. It's not my truth or your truth. It is truth. We might want to devalue the word truth and talk about what's true for me and what's true for you, but that's not truth. So the truth, the scientific truth of what G5 is, is uh, certainly um, not anything that should cause you to fear and anxiety makes you want to have control And so you're going to 
buy the devices. And oh my goodness, are there ever lots of devices to protect you from electromagnetic frequencies and the G5 network, which is not even really rolled out yet. As a matter of fact, I just got a rather anxious message from my provider saying, you have a 3G device. And we're going strictly to 4G, and you have got to trade in your 3G device because it's just not going to work anymore. And that's how far away we are from universal 5G. So my foray into looking at this is I am not worried about electromagnetic frequencies or G5. Do I think it has no effect or no influence? I'm not saying that. And in fact, I thought, hmm, maybe it's time for Ryan Drum to come and do another teleseminar because I know that he moved to Waldron Island to do herbs there because there's no electricity on Waldron Island. And I thought it would be interesting to hear from Ryan why he thought it was important to grow herbs and to be able to harvest herbs in an environment where there is no electricity and if he thinks that the cellular networks um, and any of the G's, whether it's uh, 5, 3, or 4, have had any influence on that. Those would be the kinds of questions I would like to ask him. So, who knows, maybe you will hear of that in the coming months. Meanwhile, I would say um, there are probably more important things to cogitate on rather than the nebulous, dubious effects of any kind of cellular network, which, believe me, the studies abound in showing that they are quite safe for human health. Perhaps the one um, that um, I said, oh, that's a good one, uh, was a study that looked at incidence of brain cancer and charted it both by country and over time um, against usage of cell phones. And there was no visible relationship uh, while the usage of cell phones over the past 25 years has gone up and up and up and up to be practically universal now, the rates of brain cancer have remained virtually stable. In fact, no connection to cancer of any part of the body has been found from any of the networks that are in use or that have been approved for use, including the G5 network. And that takes us to the end of our show. Thank you, Sarah Ellen, for helping me restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Thank you for switching the switches and getting people on and taking care of me so beautifully. I treasure you. It's such a pleasure and an honor. I'm grateful to be here in this space with you every Tuesday. Love to you, Susan. Love you. Good night, everybody. Green blessings. Green blessings. Good night.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.